bring you stories of the supernatural and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. We tell you this frankly so that if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly but sincerely to turn off your radio now. Who among us, and you're included, has not had the dream at one time or another of being superior to his or her fellow beings, to jump higher, to run faster, to dance better, to be more beautiful, We've all run the gamut, all of us, at various ages, of standing out from the crowd of humanity. That's what our story is about today, being different in a very special manner. And now, if you haven't already done so, turn off your lights now. Twenty seconds now. What is this noise now? God damn it! <laughs> what is going on? My mic. Oh, that's why <laughs> it was getting interference from my charging block thing for my computer. Okay. Sorry about that. Oh, I turned you guys way down and now I can't hear you. <laughs> Fuck, this is the most stoned beginning to this so far, I think. It's my it's my fault. <laughs> Look at Brandon looks so high. <laughs> He's no did you hear him? He took an edible an hour ago. <laughs> I, had, I, I had a line around. Yeah. Oh, man. I've never done a good edible. The only cool thing was uh, somebody had, what do they call it, goop balls at Bonnaroo, and it was like peanut butter granola with weed in it. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, I had... The high as like my I went to Colorado like they like it wasn't legalized anywhere else yet and I went to my friend's house in Colorado and he made some cookies and he was like these are weed cookies and I I was like okay and so I ate like the way you would eat like normal cookies so I had like three of them <laughs> I was like these are good cookies yeah. like ate three of them and then like the rest of my oh. night was fucked there was nothing else oh that just reminded me I did that in Portland once me too I was just munching on brownies like ooh these were pretty good like, <laughs> that... and then like I just I lost my fucking mind that's what happened to me too I was in Portland in Portland yeah <laughs> my friend and I we he was going to squat in LA and then I flew uh, out with him to drive back to, Pen to Philly like the long way and we picked up these two people in um in San Francisco and uh the one girl she was she gave she like offered us granola while we were driving up from San Francisco to Portland and next morning I got in the car and I was like I found the granola in my scene like oh cool it's just a granola I'm just gonna fucking eat it and because I remember the day before it tasted a little bit like weed I was like yeah it still tastes like that it's still weird and then like after I took like three handfuls of it <laughs> I got a text from her saying hey did I leave my weed granola in your car <laughs> <laughs> 
You got Dude. high on wee granola in Portland. That's like Jesus. That's like somebody had to write that. Yeah, that's, that's like, like Strap Portlandia. Yeah, it was fuck. It was it was like straight up a fucking movie though. Just the fact that like I ate three handfuls and then immediately got a text like, "Did I leave my weed granola?" <laughs> oh. oh man. Yeah, that ruined my day. But yeah, uh, I, I mean, I didn't. I just didn't know. I didn't know how edibles. Like I was just like, okay, I eat, <laughs> like you. Like you have to. I wouldn't have known to eat half of a cook, a normal cookie or anything like that. Much less like. It's not intuitive. Yeah. Did they yeah. tell you? before or did they see um, you doing it i mean i don't even remember because of how high i got that night maybe they told me before i think they probably did and maybe i just like didn't listen and like i'm not or like didn't pay attention they're like these are or maybe they assumed that i knew that like edibles were that strong instead I... of just like <laughs> you know i'm just casually snacking on cookies here at like a party though if i saw somebody eating more than half of an edible i would go up to them and say like hey you're aware of how this works right <laughs> nope nobody did that for me oh maybe they thought it was funny it was funny it was chill <laughs> it wasn't like a hardcore party it was more like a lay around and watch tv party nice that's good even though that's still like I've yeah. been really high in front of a TV before around strangers, and I fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. When I was like a teenager, it, that happened. I found myself doing that a lot. Yeah, like watching Donnie Darko with like my cousin's <laughs> weird friend, like rich friends. Like, it's like, the fuck is going on? Like, cause he's my ride. I love the. Uh, I oh, love... and you have no choice. Hey, you're yeah. just stranded there with these like strange men, like <laughs> you know, strange young men, like in middle school. That was the best though, like fifteen years ago when everybody was like, Yo, what is Donnie Dark even about? It's like the the yeah. film tells you <laughs> what's happening the entire time. Like it recaps. Man, I only watched that like once or twice so that I could like I always wanted to be a little more goth than I actually was. <laughs> and so like I watched it and I was like, I don't know if I'm into this. Like I, I was maybe it was like I really was I really did have a therapist talking about depression so it just wasn't as funny <laughs> to me. Yeah, I wasn't really doing that yet because I was just still walling them. So I enjoy memes of it today though. I haven't seen any actually. Oh, I've seen the Antichrist one, but no, actually, I haven't seen that. I forget what I've seen. Oh, it's the my favorite ones where he's like where he's like. Yeah, I made some new friends, and the lady is like, "Are they new? Are they oh. friends, or are they f your online leftist commies on the internet?" And he's like, "Online." online. <laughs> I don't even remember that. That's no, awesome. I've liked that one before. Uh, um, okay, I guess we should start then. Yep. Okay. Cool. Sorry. Um. Let's go. Okay. Uh, so this is, I, we haven't talked about a name, I guess, I guess we'll call it. I was just thinking podcasting. We are podcasting in a room. Sure. Why not? Okay. I can't guarantee you'll be in a room for the whole year. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what do you mean? Well, after we have to, we have to recite, like we have to redo this every. Okay. But I still, I <laughs> I thought you weren't sure you were going to be in a room 
like you were going to lose your space or something. <laughs> oh, you mean this space? Well, I'm losing this space. I'm out of this space soon. Okay. I'm sorry. Go off with your intro. Sorry. Bless you. That was a cough. <laughs> oh, I bless everything. Oh, well, you are Christian, I guess. um well that's it i'm rob and i'm here with brandon and jennifer c martin and uh i don't know uh how uh how would you guys how do you guys think would prefer to die and when well, when you told me to think about death, I had terrible nightmares, um, and I never like I barely even have I dream much less night have nightmares. Oh man, I'm jealous. And I had nightmares that my sister and my youngest son were diagnosed with cancer. I grew up, woke up like crying and shit. Things, Rob. Oh, that's your line. Um, this is that's honestly because of me. You had. No, I don't know why I um, but if I wanted to die, it's very cliche, but I'd like to die when I was like old and just fall asleep. And like, I don't care about it. You know, I'm such a like, a, I, I guess I can say that I'm a pussy. So like, I'm a pussy when it comes to death. It's the number one thing stopping me, you know, because like, I've dealt with a lot of suicidal ideation, and, like depression and stuff. But just being a total bitch about death is probably the number one reason like I haven't gone through with anything. I wonder if um I I feel like listening to music, I wonder if I found some like royalty free, like dumb funk music if you guys would be able to hear I'm it. Sh- <laughs> I'm sure that exists on YouTube. Just like royalty free music channel. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. If you listen to old old like nineteen thirties orchestra songs. Oh yeah. Or classical. Oh, it's not called the YouTube, it's just called YouTube. <laughs> um because I'm a boomer now. Uh, Royal T. Let's kill my computer. Uh, Royal T. Free Funk. 17 hours funky music. No copyright music. There you go. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, that's not playing through the thing, is it? I can hear it. Be here through my mic, I think. I mean, I can just let that play. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Through my mic for an hour. It's ridiculous. Um, Oh, Future Funk. Japanese. No copyright. Okay. (laughs) Where was I? Same. You don't believe in like a. I know you. <laughs> I know you're heavily Christian. You don't believe in. Are you not? It is it is. Does the afterlife scare you? I mean, like I was raised Pentecostal, so there's the, always that like zero point zero zero one percent like fear in your mind. Like, what if hell is like real? And then I'm definitely going to it. Like, like, um, like. You never, like, lose this inherent, like, childhood fear. It's almost like, I don't know, like, I don't like to say that I've had a traumatic childhood because my childhood wasn't that traumatic compared to others. Like, nothing super bad that you can think of has ever happened to me. 
but like belief in hell in of itself is sort of like a traumatic that's too loud never mind sorry <laughs> oh wait i can turn on the volume on youtube that's right i'm sorry guys uh you can keep going or you can wait sorry Oh, it is? How's that sound? Oh, I can't hear you talking, sorry. I guess that's not, that's not just too... I'm doing your line. I did one of your lines. Oh. So you will literally burn alive for longer than your life for all time. Um... And you don't even have, like, a... Wait, did I... Did it, is that what you said? No, I... That's a crazy fucking thing to say to a kid. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, before you even have... Yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, a concept of time, like... Yeah, so yeah, eyes a little bit scary. You worry about it. I don't know, I'm, I'm iffy on the afterlife. I, I think, you know... I tend more toward like a Jewish tradition of like here and now, like the point of Christianity. If there's an afterlife, we'll see. Hopefully I'll at least get purgatory, right? That's not even in Protestantism, so. I don't even understand purgatory. Like, is that supposed to, are you supposed to, is there like an emotional state in purgatory or is it just supposed to be boring because it's the same? Well, for a while, purgatory and limbo were different in the Catholic Church, where, like, limbo is like, you're going to be here forever because you weren't baptized or whatever. So, you know, African babies go to limbo if they get if they are not getting baptized, like, if they die young before whatever. And then eventually the Catholic Church is like, no, there's no limbo, there's only purgatory. Which I guess is like if you need to redeem yourself from some sin because you didn't get to talk to a priest before you die and absolve yourself of sins so you came to like i don't know how it came through in the bible like i'm not really sure about how a lot of catholic traditions came about because i'm not catholic but but yeah it's sort of just like oh well this person was really bad but they were also you know a good catholic or a good christian person so they can come to heaven after a little while <laughs> i don't even know your religious background uh brandon and i've known you What's up? <laughs> I don't even know your religious background, and I think I've known you longer. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, honestly. Really? Um, I mean, my, I was raised a Christian, just non-denominational, you know, uh, assimilationist Christian. Um, but yeah, I agree. Um, I was I was taught about hell very early on. It freaked me the fuck out. Freaked me the fuck out for years, for years. Because, like, at a certain point, it'd be, like, a lot of Bible stories, kind of. Especially the ones you tell kids start to. Mm-hmm. You know, so you start not to believe it so much. You start, the idea of getting swallowed by a whale for a while and then being regurgitated back up, you know what I mean? Like, I understand now that they're, they're really just, you know, they're really just, like, parables, but I wasn't taught that. Uh, no, I wasn't either. Yeah, like, this really happens, like, you gotta believe, like, if you don't believe this shit, like, you're, you're done, you're, like, you're, you're smoking forever. Yeah, I had a relative, my grandfather, literally, like, a professor at a Christian college, 
of like science and the Bible and his he believes not even all I would say most Christian professors don't even believe all this now but he did he believed that like all of Genesis and all of the Old Testament was all literal and he would even have like these crazy roundabout ways of being like and this is how we know the flood happened and then like all this other shit it's really wild that the circles people can spin themselves into into believing it i think it's much nicer to hear and be like this is uh you know a parable and a story to learn from oh you guys hear this right well not when i i whenever nobody's talking i can hear it um yeah i'm talking i think skype has a function where it makes it go away oh really i i might make that up but i think so i don't know I have it down low, but I don't know. If it just gets too annoying cutting in and out for you guys, I could turn it off too. <laughs> it's chill. I, I don't even notice it until I stop talking. <laughs> okay, well, um, yeah. <laughs> and now it's your life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, there was a huge congregation that you're really trying to take a little bit. Like, my mom told me things of, like, you know, she would tell me that, like, the creation of Eve and stuff. And so, like, that's, like, why to this day women have, like, one less trip than men. And, like, I mean, I took... Is that true? I took her word for it. No, no. Uh, if... Do women have one less rib? No. It's not even... That's not true. It's not true. It's not true. I never like no women don't have an odd number of ribs. <laughs> I just never thought about it. Like it never occurred to me to check a partner's rib or anything. Well, I, uh, it never occurred to me either. And then I did check it, and it was complete white. But the thing is, when my mom was like, like, I think she was trying to get into nursing school. Oh. She was like working at like I think she may have been in nursing school already, but she I know she was looking at like cadavers and anatomical Texas stuff, and she was still telling me this shit. I don't I still don't understand it now. I just don't understand like how people can be like a literalist when the first two pages of the Bible contradict each other about the creation about like yeah. <laughs> I think I'm like, having acid reflux from this awful fucking hard seltzer. It's making me cough even more. <laughs> I can, you should suck to weed. I should. You know what I have here, Rob? A nice glass of water. I have a glass That's of water perfect. too. But I also have the worst hard seltzer flavor, black cherry. Um, right? No. Yeah, it tastes like Why medicine. Do you it, it just, I don't know if Sorry. I don't know if I've had a hard seltzer that I hate. I think they're all good, especially if they're barely flavored. I guess I would just drink, like, water with vodka in it. Because I'd be trash. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, this, all the citrus ones are good. Wait, am I saying something? Yeah. You're saying when women and men created. Oh, about, like, when men and women were created and how and just... I don't know, it's weird and 
It's because Christians don't like learn anything from like like technically what is it? Christianity is supposed to be derived from Judaism, but yet they don't like know how Jews read the Bible or the scriptures. They're like so they're just like oh well I guess this is all real. Like let's just take this all at face value without even having studied it. Like I don't think Jewish people believe it's all literal. So like well I've never heard of a flat earther Jewish person so. Yeah, no, it's not like that. It's just like, like they understand that it's parables for lessons or whatever, and they still, you know, they still have conservative Jews, but conservative Jews still tend to just follow like their rules more than believe the stories are as literal. I think they, I think they like respecting a scholarly approach to the religious text too. Like, I think that a lot of the, the Christian population who are like biblical literalists. I don't think they really enjoy seeing the Bible in like a uh, in a historical context at all. I think they just want it to be divorced from you know time and space and just like being like the word of God. Yeah, not to mention like yeah. little hundreds of translations over thousands of years. Or so they get sort of upset if you bring that up. Like you know, this isn't God wasn't if God was talking to you know was being transcribed like it, it wasn't in English. And they sometimes they get offended by that, but. Yeah, wasn't there a Bill Hicks joke, too, about, like, what's it say on the front of the Bible? King James Bible. That's his Bible. Yeah. I do like the Bible, though. Of all the translations, <laughs> I like that one. It's very poetic. I've never actually been able to get through it because... <laughs> this music's so good. <laughs> 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 Maybe they won't be royalty free for long. Yeah, right. I am buying the royalties and I am selling them through this podcast like wares. <laughs> um like I can't read Shakespeare. I had to read the Baldurized versions in high school and I don't know. My brain just doesn't function that way. I mean, I don't, I don't blame you. I study Shakespeare in college, you know, and like uh, as part of my major. Honestly, I don't, I don't get the sh- whole thing of like Shakespeare and Shakespeare having the agony. Like, it, like it's, it's people see it, think of it as this kind of like highfalutin type of thing, like that type of benchmark. But if you don't, can't understand what the fuck he's saying, then you're dumb. But again, it's like they were talking like that. What is like? The 17th century? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't fucking remember. I think it was, six, yeah, 16th, and they, like, I don't know. It's easier if you say it out loud since it was supposed to be performed. Right. I found it easier when I had to study it, but whatever, people. That's just, like, like language changes. If those people came into our fucking universe and, like, looked online and saw all the shit that we say, they would have no idea what you were saying either. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, every day going on Twitter, it takes, like, 15 minutes to figure out what people are saying, like, what words saying mean anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there's just new references every fucking day. New references. New levels of irony, sorry. Not only their website exists like Rap Genius. Oh, yeah. 
that has like translations and stuff that's coming out like today. Yeah. Like, you know, and uh, Shakespeare is like so much of his work is like double meanings and double entendres. And I, a lot of like, you know, the peasant classes that were staying in the Globe Theater with like kings or whatever, like they might not have, they might have got every reference to the king, like the nobles might not have got the references either. They're there for the slapstick. Yeah, it's true, actually. That was, I'm going to try and read this like normal now. <laughs> yeah, it's true, actually. That was the entire point, wasn't it? It was something. He was communicating to two different audiences on two different levels. And that was like part of the genius of him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, thinking about rap genius, too, like thinking about just how Christians still use Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah as like a religious song constantly. A song about being sad and fucking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, John Cale, uh, the story, I don't know if you guys have heard the story behind this, the current iteration of Hallelujah, but apparently Leonard Cohen wrote just like 150 verses to it and would just... Uh, oh my god. Jesus. Yeah, and he would just refer perform random verses live. And one time John Kaler performance and he was like, Hey, I wanna do a cover of that. Can you send me the lyrics? And then he'd send him like fifty pages of lyrics and he said and he said he just took out the naughty bits and um then made them the song. Uh, that is a gratuitous amount of lyrics. Yeah, I mean, I respect it. I can't write any, so. I wanna, I wanna see a version of him doing it in just one take, though. Yeah, it would be nice. I, uh, I wonder if John Cale still has all the original lyrics that he faxed him because he's dead. I mean, Leonard Cohen's dead now, so I don't know of any record of the other versions unless there's like recordings of live performances for them. Um, but yeah. So what was the question? How do I want to die? I don't remember. Uh, yes. Oh yeah, how do you want to die? Oh man, I don't even know anymore. Um, I, there used to be like for a long time, but like my thing was like, there's no way I'm gonna like I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to like sit in the hospital bed or like get old, older or whatever. Just like the idea of what seems like it was, you know it's horrifying to me, you know. To like, to like, well, to just be like, uh, to like, just slowly lose a certain amount of control of agency, and that's what I thought it was, you know. Yeah. So like, I always like, I always just like, um, oh, when the opportune time comes, I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna, you know, just kill myself, like, you know, um, and you know, I had like suicidal ideation. Yeah. And there was like depressive episodes like that too. Divorce from that though, it was like. Cod just like thought of that. Like, if I'm gonna go, then I like to do it. You know, I know. But now I don't know. I I don't have a preference. I I think if anything, I would just be. I think the romanticism from like being like a sad, sad, sad kid for so long that like the last remnant of it is is me wanting to be like if I'm going to die, I like to be like um, aware of it. I think. Oh, I don't. In what way? I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to know the like. Do you want to have like a gun pointed at your face? Like, is that what you're talking about? No, no, because that's that. That means somebody else gets to do it. I I don't really want that either. But I do like. What about an animal? But <laughs> 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 well, like, I want to know what 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 it feels like to be like. Oh, this is my final moment. There it is. 
Hmm. Oh my god. I don't. I don't want to know. I don't want to know anything. Oh god, I'm so... <laughs> <laughs> You don't get too many opportunities to feel that, so... Shudders! <laughs> <laughs> One thing I'm really curious about, actually, is, like, to lose, like, having dementia. To, like, I want to know what that feels like. But then also be able to live my life and reference it, like... Oh, yeah, my grandfather had Alzheimer's, like... Yeah. Like, for a long, long time, and, like... Mine, too. And then, like, he finally died, and, like, I don't know, his last, like... Remember, like, we didn't go and say bye to him, and, like, he hadn't really known who I was for, like, a year, and everyone was just hoping, like, you know, there's a certain point when someone has Alzheimer's or dementia that... <laughs> they're like, God, I wish they would die. <laughs> Not because of how... Because you don't want them to die, but because it just seems like a miserable life, you know? Yeah, even just living in a home. So I just waved at him and waved at me and then, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just seeing my grandmother in a home recently, I mean, like, when she was in the hospital like a year or two ago, maybe two or three years ago now, um, when I visited her at one point, she was just, I was just trying to talk to her, and I guess the way I led, I lead conversations, and she just ended up saying, like, yeah, I'm, like, done. I don't know. I wish they would stop reviving me, like... Jesus. I'm just bored, Jesus. like, basically. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing of having dementia is so interesting to me because of how they can just be, like, clueless or can be really cheery, like my grandfather was. Like, he would always just repeat, uh, where's my martini? How's my... How about a Manhattan? Um, and, uh, just the weird catchphrase, other weird catchphrases, or, like, other people that, like, get really angry and, like, scared to some extent. I don't know. There's something weird and morbid because, like, I was living with my grandfather when he was, like, in mild to more, maybe more, like, moderate Alzheimer's. Um, like, I just lived with him for a month or two. We had sold our house in Tennessee, and we were about to move to Virginia, and so this would have been 2015. And he was starting to lose some of his, like, more day-to-day -day stuff. But he had the sudden resurgence of, like, childhood memories and, like, adolescent memories. And he started talking about, like, this old girlfriend he'd had. And he started so singing songs we'd never heard him sing before. It was really, really interesting. That's one thing I really wish we could get to is, like, I remember hearing or reading something when I was little about how in the future we're going to have pills where you can just experience somebody else's consciousness. Jesus. It sounds awful. I don't want that. I'm really curious. Like, that's just all I wonder all the time. It's just like, what it's like. Because I just thought, because I just wonder, like, how much of your thoughts or our memory of our memories define our consciousness like how much of consciousness is just memory and then just without that what consciousness is like fuck i can't do this anymore um, <laughs> oh god but i guess if if this... you come out of it like what would you remember i don't know 
I would take a pill of your consciousness. Mine? Yeah. How do you, like, you customize the pills you get to pick, like, who's consciousness, or is it just, like, a grab bag at random? I don't want that. I don't know. This is, like, around the same time I remember hearing about this around the same... Oh, it does say that. Okay. At <laughs> the same time I heard about HDTV for the first time. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> this is like around the same time I remember hearing about this around the same time I heard about HDTV for the first time. Years before it came out, which was like, oh yeah, in the future we're going to have TVs in a really high definition. <laughs> Yeah, those are those are comparable technologies. Yeah, you get to see The Simpsons a little more clearly, and you get to fucking ghost in a shell somebody. You ever wonder that? Just like what it's like to be in somebody else's head. Kind of. I learned that was inside of me. Yeah. My head is stressful, you guys. I have like multiple, multiple streams of thoughts at once, and like none of them are like smart or intellectual. It's always like three, seven different things to be anxious about at once, and then whatever the task, whatever I'm doing at the moment, and then just like this general, I don't know, and then this like horrible layer of just like exist existential things, and maybe then like maybe if I'm horny or hungry or something more primal than that too. I was gonna try and save along with you, but then I forgot. <laughs> how different words started and couldn't tell where you were anymore it's hard yeah um how do you just like i also wouldn't want to wish my concession that doesn't sound like a good time i don't know why you would like i never i don't have anybody somebody else's conscious necessarily when i when i say i wonder a lot of the time it's just like how how are they able to function like they're so stupid like they're so stupid like are they able to think that way it makes no sense to me i would assume chill people have like really fun circumstances you know or maybe like i'm like they're rich or privileged another way so that's why they're not worried about stuff all the time maybe but like but that's not true i know it's not yeah, I mean, but also, isn't, like, isn't art in general and, like, writing and stuff, isn't just communication a way of giving people a glimpse into your consciousness, even though? I think that's what it is. Like, I think that I, that's what I, that's what I consider to be, like, the most, like, potent thing about art is, like, is its communicated aspects. Like, you know, like, you get to, you get to kind of see how, um, how somebody distills their own environment or surroundings. This Adam, actually, when I still, before I ever actually moved to Indiana. Oh, right. Which I don't even want to go. But before I even moved there, I, uh, like, my last big, like, hurrah was to go to Wackman, take a bunch of acid, and go to the, uh, go to the Wackman. Like, and the whole time uh, I saw these, like, these paintings as, like, um, like these little, like, windows into somebody else's, per you know, like, you know, consciousness or perspective, like, you know. But they, you know, like, what they chose to emphasize and how they saw things, like, you know, like, everything is kind of similar in their landscapes and stuff, but, like, some people accentuate, like, the shadows mean more to them, the highlights mean more to them. That actually reminds me, I've never done acid or shrooms or any hallucinogenics, but I've read about them a lot because that culture has a lot of frat... has a lot of facets that interest me and, like... 
isn't that sort of what um like Ken Kesey and Charles Manson and stuff were attempting to do with acid a lot of times? It's just like to have a collective conscious that everybody sort of experiences the same brain. So. Oh, I'm not gonna shudder. I don't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do we move on? <laughs> I I got in the ass because of the buffalo strippers. The, the the idea of yeah the collective consciousness and like trying to uncover things that are only accessible to you like under certain like the hippie to be like spooky kind of escape my radar. I don't I don't really know. I'm not sure what that is. I think there are a lot of people who who think that. Oftentimes I don't enjoy getting high with those people, but, um, but yeah, there might be some truth to it because I think uh, uh, one of I don't know if you're familiar with Mark Fisher, the Marxist theorist. Uh, I'm not sure. Little capitalist realism. Okay. But before, before he killed himself, I think philosophy broke. He was working as a potentially utilizing like psychedelics or you know having as a potential avenue to sort of expand the imagination. Hmm. Because this is the notion uh, that he came out in capitalist realism, like society, post-capitalist society, is incredibly difficult for people to imagine. It's so entrenched in the way that and everything that's around us. It's really difficult for us to really imagine how society that is like like a post-revolutionary society exists. A non-transactional society? God. Yeah, like one, one uh, based on... Uh, not one entirely based on like commodity production or that has a profit incentive. You know? I mean, just like just basically they think. And I think about it too. Like, you know, what is like so much of like the music that I listen to? Like you know, they have have like it's inescapable from like, the environment that it comes from. Right. And so it's, it's inescapable in effect like from the economic system that the environment employs. So. It's like a weird thing to just like think about, like, cause like I think about like I'm you know like music and I'm you know like pre-colonial societies, like you know pre-colonial like um, like periods, like a lot of indigenous music, a lot of it is very communal. It's a lot of like it's very religious, spiritual, and it's not for the collective. It's mostly. Are you talking about the mostly like rhythm-based sort of stuff too? Yeah. Like more improvised and. Yeah, like Indonesian gamelan or you know like a lot of that. Like, uh, I don't think that they had, like, individual poppers, you know? Right. Their, their, their society wasn't atomized to the point where you had individuals, like, making, like, you know, the globe part two of their bedrooms or something. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah, that now, because that's um, how we, you know, we are more individually minded than we are collectively minded. Yeah, so what about, like, instruments? So... Were they? Did they have to find their whole voice in a specific instrument or anything? Like the way, the way we tend to think about it, like somebody's specific guitar tone and everything. I don't know. I mean, I don't really know the, like the history of it or like the inner workings of it. Like, let's see how those dynamics are reached. Like, not even entirely sure. Like, I mean, we're talking about like several different cultures. Hmm, yeah, I don't know. Uh, wait, oh. did I skip? Yeah. Right. Yeah, let's keep going. You just keep going. <laughs> no, I thought I did. Wait, didn't I? I just said right. Isn't that the right one? Which one? Yeah, no, we, we, we just said that you could have kept going from your old line, and we wouldn't have... 
Where are we now? <laughs> but what did you just say? I said right. Okay. Like over like over like you know millennia, but I don't know. I'm not sure they have like different varying relationships to even like instruments that they played. If they owed them or if they were meant to be passed about, I don't know. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to segue out of that. Yeah, well, yeah, I always think about, you know, how it's like how people communicate or express differently. But I, as a writer, I'm always worried about how people are interpreting the things I say. Right. Um, what was this in? In a waking life, no matter how much of like of a wavelength or like linguistically, culturally similar you are to someone, you still really cannot help how they take what you say. You never know if they, you never know if they take it the way you intended. And like words are just like symbols for an intent you're trying to express. And it's really hard to express an idea or an emotion with somebody, no matter how similar it is, and no matter how well you com communicate it. May I ask what kind of stuff do you write? Like what genre? Bullshit mostly. Like I just made myself sound really cool. I mostly write quizzes and slideshows, but um, I also have I also have a blog, um, the Dirtbag Christian, and then I'll be writing some fiction for Only Magazine soon. And like I used to write a lot more like newsy media pieces, but they don't really do as much freelance work anymore. Like I have a full time job, so I like I have a pretty full plate anyway. Yeah, I can write lots of different things, and so I, but because I write so many different types of things, I'm always thinking, like, I'm writing for this audience, this subject, or this kind of thing, person, always switching gears, like, you know, the baby boomers who I wrote quizzes and slideshows for don't want to hear about, like, religion and politics at all, versus, like, my blog, you know, that's all it is. And then fiction, you know, you want to do it, but not so heavy-handed, and I don't know who's going to read that, like, you know. You're always adapting yourself, really. Or maybe that's just me. I'm adapting myself to write or communicate with different type of person. So I try to be very, like, in tune with how I connect with, with them or the type of person I think I would want to read or hear or whatever it is I have to say. So would you say the audience has a fundamental role in, like, in how, I guess, the finished product of your work? Absolutely. I would say maybe it's like, I mean, to a point, you know, there's some selfishness things. Like, I write about things, especially in my life, my personal blog, my personal life, I write about things that are important to me, but I, like, I guess I've just been a commercial writer for long enough that I know that, one, like, people have to read it, but even if it's not about, like, I don't care who reads that, you still want it to connect to somebody. So I definitely, I definitely constantly consider my audience and what people will think and what they will feel when they read something that I write. And so like, I try, I adapt it a little bit to them and, it, and I it, think it changes how well I communicate as well. <clears throat> Thinking of the audience has definitely changed in my writing style. <coughs> Do you worry about how we'll connect with them? Like if there's a wrong way for them to connect with it? <laughs> so funny. Do you? I mean like, yeah. <laughs> I run into shit all the time. And, you know, I try not to take it. I try not to take it personally. Like, for instance, you know, it's like little things. I copy-pasted some, like, term in one of my blogs. I used the, the word Latinx. Not even know if I'm saying it and somebody was like... Oh. That's a really condescending term and people need to stop using it. And like, I hadn't heard that before, but I thought, you know, like whatever I was trying to communicate, the person totally 
dismissed because I use that one word and you know, you have to think about stuff like that. But I don't think about, you know, people get, some people are really touchy about political correctness, but for me, I find it more interesting. Like, I'm not trying to, to make people write off something I said because I think and say because I use a word that's offensive. Like, it defeats the purpose of writing in the first place. So, like, I like to be somewhat non-offensive, or at least non-offensive to the right people, the right audience. Right. Like, obviously, the stuff I write is offensive to some people, but I don't care about those people, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's funny. I, I guess. Oh, that is probably what she thought when I was talking about her directly. She pro- <laughs> Do you think she realized this isn't yeah, real? I, it, <laughs> I, so her, somebody sent me a message asking her, like, how could you say you never cared and she never, God, this is so, and anyway, I was like, I, I, I couldn't even begin to explain the concept of this podcast to be like, I said this in January. <laughs> The eighth time. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. That is like the worst case scenario for doing this podcast. (laughs) That's like what worse could happen than somebody hearing us repeat something and thinking it's the first time we've said it. Unbelievable. That is so cool. I respect your ex for uh Oh fuck, am I am I still recording? Okay, good. I just I just like laid my legs on top of the recording device yeah. and then realized what it was. Sorry. What's going on? You read the uh I think I think it's your turn. Is it? Maybe. Whatever. I mean there's a one line difference of not um <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I guess that's all political correctness is, really. It's just, like, trying not to piss off the right person, but then the wrong people always get pissed off, and they want you to change. But it's like, we're not. We don't care about you. Yeah, I don't care. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, we've been talking for about half an hour. Do you guys have anything else you'd want to add? or? I don't know what I could say that, like, I'm comfortable being preserved and having to, like, recite again over the course of a year. I mean, everything's preserved now, almost. I can't. I must never talk to people in a way that isn't preserved anymore. Do you think that... Do you think the feds are listening? Yeah. Well, that, but also just, like, talking on the phone, talking over text, talking over email, uh... Yeah. Yeah, just everything is like. Do you think that historians will sift through like Twitter and emails and shit in the future? There's so much content. What will they do? I mean, I think there will be like meta meta metadata. They can uh, s- sort what they're looking for. Because I I mean, yeah, like it is going. I think a lot of history is like based on. I think a lot of history is like based on individual narratives. Like I was just hearing about this guy who owned slaves, just some random guy, but they found his journal and it's illuminating just to get 
this one guy's perspective, but he wasn't thinking about anybody was going to see. I think, um, yeah, I think, I don't know. It's weird to think about what the ever-expanding future with more and more people and more and more stuff being archived which will be deep important. And one second, I just realized it's even funnier that apparently our line delivery was so convincing she thought this was real. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, I feel like I try to say like more obnoxiously each week. So I can't even, I like they, I, she heard me speak. Maybe, maybe I'm that dumb in real life. Maybe that's what I sound like in normal conversation. Maybe it's all of us, yeah. I hope it's not me. I hope um, oh wait, sorry, I cut you. I you were supposed to speak, Jennifer. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> but I think I don't know why I thought that was important. Um, but I think yeah, there will be themes ultimately that are sought, that are dissected, and then whatever is available of, pe of individual people. I mean, we already do with blogs, like people searching through all blogs for things. I mean, we make memes out of like the body. Hi, Bella. Uh. Like the bodybuilding posts and stuff, like. Yeah, my kids occasionally make references to like memes or things that I know they've never experienced before. But because it's in a meme format and they like their cuz, I don't let them have too much media access, but they can watch like gamer YouTube things and they'll see gamer guy references those things. And so they'll start referencing like it, like what did they reference the other day? Something from Homestar Runner. And I'm like, you've never watched Homestar Runner. This not even just that because like a meme can just be a post somebody made it can just be something yeah um it can just be a face you made <laughs> that was <sad. laughs> in public that somebody happened to capture it on camera like um yeah i mean i think what we're seeing already is the future of history basically Brandon. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, it's fascinating. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's the logical conclusion to like the whole pop art thing, you know, like, they're like postmodern, like, the idea of postmodern art is like abolishing the seats between like high brown, low brown, like, everything just becomes like, like, kind of like homogenizes this weird sort of mishmash culture. Yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah. I think I think it's fascinating. I mean, where else you can go? Which is why I, I also mean, like, I tie it into like you know, uh, just like the politi uh, political state and how like this kind of type of you know, like this kind of plus water to kind of culture is like, like capitalist. You know, like... Yeah. It's the disruption and rejection of all things sacred, and like it's just turned into commodities. You know, like. You can't like you know um I, I mean like you can buy pretty much anything now because like, now like you can buy like you can buy like a like like joe crucifixes and shit yeah i mean there's nothing like there's nothing like sanctified or anything anymore you can see anybody naked now like pretty much yeah yeah Anybody you could think of. You don't even ever have to be naked, like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, 
yeah, like the next thing that comes is basically just a great <coughs> consolidation. Like you can't unring a bell, like all these forms of communication, all these forms of these disparate micro content things. Like, I mean, I think it's, it's interesting, like how TikTok and stuff like in Vine, like you have like these moments that before would just be in a movie, like a lot of of memes are basically just like a TikTok or a Vine taken from a movie or a TV show. And I think we're going to keep seeing everything break apart more like that. And then eventually just is going to be so much that we're going to see um, like a great consolidation again, a media of all these things still existing, but there's going to be more focus on long form and large format again at some point. That sounds crazy exhausting. Uh, yeah. When you talk about, like, a full-length, like, a feature film with TikTok. I mean, it already sort of exists. You go on YouTube, my roommate's kid, he showed, he just put on a video of memes the other day. Like, it was just this guy's seemingly just has like um i guess he just has, sets up like he coded something to pick off stuff off of reddit or emma m imger or whatever and when he had a robot voice read it which is why which is what makes me think it's all automated that it just it's just this program pulls all these memes, reads what it says, and then reads it out loud from the synthetic voice. And then it just plays all of them for 10 minutes or whatever. Hmm. And I think we're going to keep seeing more of that eventually. We're just going to, we're going to be much more focused on curated, on curation again. Ugh, well. Well, I feel I feel like that's it's about a, like society becoming more and more depressed. It's like from my from my perspective, I feel like this like incessant need to have noise, you know, or like just just total stimulation, like you know, like sensory stimulation comes from the fact that like you know being alive right now is kind of unbearable for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, we're sitting here talking about what things are like in the future, but in all my leftist spaces, like the real cynical ones are like, there's not going to be an America, there's not going to be a future, like. I think that's like, uh, well. I don't think there's going to be an America. Well, I don't want there to be an America. Uh, yeah, neither do I. But that's oh, awful. Fuck. I feel very, very awful about that. I just... That's probably a net positive. We'll see. What? Oh, never mind. I, I, I lost the... I accidentally hit the wrong part of the screen and lost the page. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess what this comes down to is we've sort of reached a cultural singularity where just everything is always happening and everything is fleeting. Well, like, do you ever hear the story of, like, Rocky Erickson? Like, the only way he could get to sleep is by having, like, nine TVs on at the same time on different channels. Oh, really? Oh, my fucking God. Well, he was schizophrenic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he was. Wow. At that point, that was that was uh, strange. That was not normal behavior. I think we're we've all kind of we're becoming Rocky Erickson. 
Oh, that's true, yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I've been... It's been a thing for however long now. Like, we watch, like... I mean, so many shows are based around the fact that you're not going to be watching them. You're going to be reading, looking at your phone, and watching video on your phone while you're watching TV, probably. Yeah. I always love when it's your turn, it's like one word, and you get to, and I just see you like looking back from where you're supposed to be, and then, yeah. <laughs> and, I just memorize it. Oh, well, I haven't either. No, I mean, I should, like, I should just memorize it, so oh, I can be ready. Yeah, well, you have like the most lines, I think, in this entire thing. I, that doesn't surprise me. I, mean, I haven't looked, but like, there's that one we were going on for like an entire page. I just feel awful every time. <laughs> um, wait. Oh, okay. Wait, was I up? Yeah, I think. Okay. And the person next to you is watching another, watching other videos. There are like ten-hour videos on YouTube. There are like whole swaths of YouTube that like don't expect you. They expect you to fall asleep to this, like to this ten-hour. Yeah. Like ten hour thing, like that's the whole purpose. They don't expect you to watch the whole video. It's not an artistic statement. And there's just it's just there. It's just drone for you. It's just background. Yeah. Or I bet Ray Bradbury is glad he's dead for all this. And Andy Warhol. Yeah. Or maybe Andy Warhol would be excited. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. How I don't know. I also think I never really thought about it actually about how production values simultaneously keep getting worse and better at the same time. Do you remember that video of all the people that lived in the TikTok house? It was like I think it was in like no maybe October, November. I don't even remember what it was like. Like last year of The Eternal Now. Yeah, so, like, there's this video of, like, all these extremely attractive fit people showing how they do every day. They're like, this is the filming room, and this is the workout room, and it was just, it was just, like, in, like, some L.A. house, and, like, all these people must have been, like, 25 or under. They were all extremely attractive. They were all TikTok influencer types, and they, like, all lived in the same house. And they were all filming in all rooms all the time, right? Yes, yes. I wasn't just, like, this... It wasn't just like this is the exercise room where you get a break from this. Like, no, you were always content. Yeah, what a weird way to live. That's, that's horrifying. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we were expecting this forever, I guess. I mean, between Andy Warhol, The Truman Show, and TV. Uh... Yeah. Fuck. Wait. You again. I know, I'm lost a page again. What was it, like 35? 36. Wait. You're 37, top, top row. 37? Jesus. Okay. That woman in the 90s, or I remember my dad reading an article to me in the 90s about a woman that was just going to leave her webcam on all the time, and you could just check in and see what she's up to. Oh yeah, that girl, and they like, yeah, she ended it, I think. She ended up having sex with her friend's boyfriend or something. 
Oh, really? <sighs> and it was on camera. Damn. So... Yeah, fuck, why would... I was saying, why would she do that, I guess, but I mean, like... This is before anyone ever thought about it. Maybe it was a radical statement, like, I'm going to do this thing knowing the consequences that might happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, but, like, banality used to be such, like, a radical statement in, like, in art, you know? <laughs> to just, like, to do, no, like, normal shit, like, um... I forgot what the artist... Uh, she was, like, a mixed-media artist, and, like, like her, her museum installation piece was just, like, a, like, her messy bed, like, a replication of a messy bed. Yeah. And it was like it, it made like huge waves, and now like that's all content is now. Like it's just it's just real life. Sometimes the filter on it, sometimes not. But yeah, we have to stick out. Like I remember a girl in OK Cupid when I was in Indiana. She had a video that she recorded at, of her going to bed and going to sleep, and that was her profile. Just she just had a link to a live video she had done, like back when you could do that with google hangouts through youtube and it was just like six hours and i just skipped through it and it was like yeah there she is sleeping that's fucking wild <laughs> yeah. yeah well i guess i guess that's it that's about 40 minutes <laughs> I keep going. I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I live a pretty online life, so I get it. Yeah, we're all chauvinists and voyeurs in our own way. Yeah. This whole thing is part of it, yeah. Yeah, alright, well, to cut that on the torture in the future, I think I'll cut this off now. Yes. Sounds good. Alright. Okay. So long. Alright, later. This is the second week, second time in a row I threw up on the podcast. God, I, 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 threw up? I thought you were just coughing. A hard seltzer? <laughs> I, just, I, I inhaled it.